Welcome to the Business of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Karen White. If you're a creator or a community maker looking to expand your influence, increase revenue, profit and productivity, you're in the right place. Join me every Tuesday to learn strategies to elevate your career as a professional influencer. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Now let's get started. Did you know that a recent study found that podcasters are some of today's most influential figures in media? I found that really interesting, but not all that surprising. So how does that extend to influencers and content creators to amplify their reach and keep their followers engaged? Today, we're joined by Brianna Ansaldo, the head honcho of Bambi Media, to explore how easily you can add a podcast into your content strategy, the right startup process and lead time to launch a podcast. And for those already in the space, we'll discuss some productivity tips and some growth strategies. But let me first begin by properly introducing Brianna. Brianna is an audio producer based in Australia and she has more than 10 years experience working in the audio industry. She has a particular focus on songwriting and production. Her compositions have been featured on NBC, CTV, Foxtel and in advertising campaigns. Most notably, and quite enviously, with Adidas. Brianna has a bachelor's degree in popular music and absolutely loves everything audio. Her current focus is in podcast production and editing, including video podcasting. Through Brianna's agency, Bambi Media, she works on multiple popular and emerging podcasts, handling all the aspects of editing, formatting, underscoring, and some aspects of story development. Bambi is supported by an extraordinary team who handle all the other aspects of podcast production, including show note creation, social snippet integration, digital distribution management, release schedules and transcriptions. In addition to looking after their portfolio of podcast clients, Brianna and the team at Bambi Media have developed some excellent resources for podcasters wherever you're at in your podcast journey. There is the Let's Get Launchy course for those that are looking to dip their toe into learning about podcasting and starting their own podcast. And also over on YouTube at Bambi Media, 
There are so many tips and strategies that podcasters can use wherever you're at in your space of an emerging or an established podcaster. I have to say that for me, I found these resources invaluable. I actually followed Bambi Media for two years, maybe a little bit longer than two years before starting my own podcast. So if that isn't a testimonial as to how good these resources are, then I don't know what is. Of course, we'll have all the links to the resources that we've mentioned in the show notes, including the Bambi Media podcast production schedule freebie, which I use. I use the production schedule as part of my planning tools. So I can highly recommend that one as well. So what was Brianna's emerging trend in podcasting that left me speechless with excitement? I literally paused and composed my thoughts as I was thinking about the opportunity for this emerging trend and her very unexpected one piece of advice for influencers wanting to venture into the podcast space. Let's begin the episode and find out. So it's been really interesting for me as a brand new podcaster to receive so many questions about what is it like to start a podcast? It's probably one of the most frequently asked questions I've had through my friends and my professional network. So I thought given your depth of experience and all of the incredible shows that you have on your production schedule, maybe we can start at the beginning and you can explain a little bit about what a podcast producer does and how important is your role in shaping the content and success of a show? Sure. Okay. So the world of podcasting is so fun when you first get into it and if you've never done it before, but you love to talk it's an area that's going to be really great for your business. And the role of the podcast producer, like me here at Bambi Media and the rest of our team, is to really make you sound really good. <laughs> so you can be all nervous and you can, uh, you know, stutter, like, uh, 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 um, 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 all of that kind of stuff. If you're talking not professionally enough, I suppose, then we can take that And we can edit it so that you sound like you really are very comfortable and you know what you're talking about. (laughs) And I think that's one of the biggest problems that people have when they first start is they feel like they need to be really put together and they really don't. I mean, it helps if you don't need to be edited very frequently, but if you're feeling a little bit more like you want to start, but perhaps you don't sound professional enough, that's where a podcast producer actually steps in, that they listen to the content, they edit it really thoroughly, and they make you sound the best that you can possibly sound. And on top of that, we'll coach you through the kind of microphone setup that you need, you know, headphones, your lighting, that sort of thing to present yourself in a way where whoever you're trying to reach will listen to you because the quality that you're giving is above the masses. Yeah, that's really interesting because I work with a few people in the media and they have called me and said, you sound amazing. And I'm the 
nervous. Not I'm not nervous. I'm confident about my subject matter, but this is a new space for me. So it's been interesting to evolve over the episodes and become more familiar with the technology, but also the confidence because I know that if I mess up or I don't articulate a point clearly, that the incredible team at Bambi Media will go back and finesse it and polish that sound. And it does, it really elevates it, the production value of the podcast. And now when I listen to shows that aren't professionally produced, you can really tell the difference. Whereas I thought perhaps beforehand, I, I wouldn't be able to notice that difference. And certainly from, again, from my experience, having someone to guide and shape and know that all of that technical stuff's going to be taken out of my hands and that I can just focus on my subject matter, it goes a long way. I guess my confidence in, in recording an episode each week. So I think too, going back even a little bit further and and that starting off process, you said you go through the coaching and you make the recommendations. Can you elaborate a little bit more for people that are wanting to start out? What do you recommend for that process? How, How long in advance do they need to consider before going live, before a podcast goes live? What's the process that they should engage in perhaps with a producer and buying the right equipment and all those steps? So I'd like to say that probably hmm, three to four months ahead of when you want to launch is when you really start to think about it. And when I say think about it, it's more than being like pie in the sky. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have a podcast. I think I might do one. You know, I've got a few ideas in my head. I've got an idea for maybe five episodes or something. That's not going to cut it because there's this huge wave that's called pod fade, uh, which I've spoken about on our podcast before as well, where you get so many podcasts get released and they have up to five or seven episodes and then they stop releasing. And it's because they've got really excited about the process and the opportunity of starting a podcast. They've done a little bit of research and they've produced a few episodes, but then they've realized that it's work, like it's a fair bit of work to continue doing it. And the work gets amplified if you haven't mapped out your content in a thorough way beforehand. And I don't mean you have to have recorded 20 something episodes, but you need to have a really solid plan as to who the podcast is serving, who you're trying to reach and what kind of style you actually want to deliver in a podcast. So that's always my first question is what's your podcast going to be about and who is it for? And what do you want to get out of it? Because at the end of the day, there's uh, there's a few different sort of avenues that you can take with podcasting. You can be someone who wants to educate people, someone who wants to entertain people. You're doing it more of a, as a hobby or like it's just a, like a passion of yours. But a lot of the time it is to help with your business as well, like the running of your business, trying to get leads into your business, trying to get people interested in your business. And so for it to support your business, you need to really think about those things that someone interested in your potential services would want to learn from you and then how are you going to deliver them in the form of a podcast so that's why I say you need to have maybe three to four months because the content is your first step Karen did a great job of this just a lot she knew what she was going to talk about 
She really puts effort into mapping out these episodes and is thorough in the knowledge that she has to provide as well. And I think that that's something that you just need to absolutely make sure that you have planned out. So content is number one, number key, number yes, please do this. And then once you figure out, okay, I think my content's pretty solid. I've got 25, 30 episodes. I would like more than that, maybe 50. (laughs) I'm ready. Then the next step is what do I need? My production equipment, microphone, lighting, because if you know that you've got enough content to stand the test of time, then you actually bother to get the show started. Yeah, that's interesting because I remember very early on in the piece and I remember you saying that magic number around 35 pieces of content and it took me back to my old, the very, very old days of when blogging exploded and Back then, there was a strategy where you wrote out a hundred blog topics. So you knew that you had enough valuable content to start a blog and that you could then develop each of those themes or topics out into individual blogs. Podcasting's a little bit different though because you need to put more effort into that content because it's extended, you know, whether it's a 15-minute show or a 30-minute show or, or an hour-long show, it doesn't matter, but there's a lot more effort that's needed to go into planning those episodes. So sitting down and, and planning the episodes was huge for me. And then I remember the next important step was having a consultation, like a, a professional consultation just to get on the right page with the information that I needed to know because I didn't have any experience other than being a guest on a show before, which is a completely different experience. I didn't have any idea as to what to expect. And the runway to development was longer than I anticipated it to be. And like everything, you know, you plan a project and you think I've got enough time and then something happens, you get sick or you want to go on holidays or work ebbs and flows. So there's all of those extra challenges that you need to factor in. So I think that lead time, that runway is so important because you've got all of that planning to do pre-launch before you even get to that recording stage. And then I think it's talking about the planning, recording, editing and promotion. From my point of view, that is something that surprised me for my time investment. It's not just recording a 15-minute episode and it's been quite confronting to understand how much effort and time is required for the assets that go alongside each episode. So what are your tips there? We've spoken about strategies that potential podcasters can use prior to recording. How do we stay on track to make sure that our episode comes out smoothly each week or on schedule and that we've got all the things lined up for that that episode release? I think that if you can outsource the editing for a start, that's great because it means that someone will edit your show for you and then upload it to the podcast host for the date that you need it to be released. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about it actually going out, which is good. Like that's important to get a really solid uh, structure around your release day and time because people get used to hearing you on a certain day and time and they expect it. So that's solid. But if you can't, 
have that done for you, then you need a production schedule. And we have one. I'll get Karen to sort of link it. I think it's a freebie where if you use that, that will keep you on track enough to go, okay, I I have this episode going out on this date and here's my embed code and there's some tick boxes that you can tick off in this version of the spreadsheet that go, have I edited it? Yes. Have I done my show notes? Yes. Have I done my blog post article? Have I, you know, tick, tick, tick sort of things. Having those tick boxes will help you actually get those things done for every episode and keep track of them. There are so many facets of marketing that come from a podcast episode that depending on the stage that you're at, need to be taken care of to get effective promotion out of the podcast. And that's the biggest value of a podcast is its repurposability because you can produce the episode, you can edit that episode, record that episode, and then from there you can write a really solid copyrighted, you know, sort of article from that and that's based off of the podcast episodes you can have a blog post I guess from there which you can then put on your website which then you can use as a LinkedIn article which then you can use as a medium article which then you can use you know any sort of number of ways by getting it into people's newsletters that's just your copy that's one facet then you've got video snippets or audiogram snippets that need to be produced Uh, in some format, to then share on all your social media platforms and get some promotion happening there as well. So it shouldn't just stop with, I've produced a podcast and I've put it up on the podcast platforms. How else are you marketing that every week so that people know that you have something coming out? And for me, the copy is one of the best ways to do it. Having a really solid show notes that's long enough to be an article that you can put in a bunch of places provides really good traction. Absolutely. That's a really interesting point and it falls into one of the the subjects that or the topics I was going to ask you about is that how can podcasters use a podcast to grow their audience? And my experience has been that my website traffic has gone through the roof and my subscribers are growing consistently at a far greater rate simply around all of the assets that are being created with the podcast. And as part of that research that I did in in my pre-development stage, I listened to a lot of podcasts, I looked at a lot of successful podcasters and analyze what they were doing to create assets around their podcast. And I think the podcast itself is incredible and there's such a depth of information, but people learn differently, right? And we we want additional resources to back up that listening experience. So when I was speaking about the time investment that I make each week to the podcast, it's not just the research, the planning, the you know, the storyboarding, the recording. It's all the things that come in after after I receive the transcript and it's converted into probably at least three pieces of uh, website content. So that could be a, a blog, a download, and an Im- embedded resource in the the website with the podcast episode. But it's the social content and the newsletter. So. It's such a powerful way to grow your audience and 
extend the reach of your expertise in that space. And I think they're things that really need to be considered as people move into the podcast space to look at how you can utilize that content and repurpose that content beyond the actual recording. And going back to that production schedule, it is really important to have that. And one of the things that you spoke about in a recent post of yours was looking at the insights too and analyzing the feedback from your podcast because I found that I populated the production schedule with what was my anticipated podcast episodes or topics, but based on feedback that I'm receiving from my audience, but also my general community, I've shifted those topics somewhat by listening to that feedback and modifying the production schedule. So how important is it to go back and and look at those insights and what how regularly should that be done when you consider your production schedule and topics? Absolutely. The insights are something that you don't need to worry about too much when you first start out. And in fact, I say, just don't look at them, you know, as in just allow yourself to explore the kind of content that you feel comfy creating. uh, Because as soon as you get more voices, you know, as in you get other people giving you feedback, it can dilute kind of what your overall message is or, or where you take it, you know. So sometimes feedback, you want to avoid it when you first start out because you just want to go, am I good at this, right? Once you've established, I'm good at this, I'm enjoying it, now I want to know what episodes are tracking going well. Then you go into the back end of your insight uh, on your podcast platforms and you look at how those downloads are going, who's listening to what, or that you can't see who particularly is listening to it, but which episodes are going really well. But you take it a layer further than that. You also look at which episodes are going well on LinkedIn. So as in the articles or whatever, blog posts that you're putting, which ones have good engagement there? And then also on your socials, what's happening over on your socials? Who Who's responding to what over there as well? So it becomes more, it's like this big amalgamation of not just your downloads, but also the spread of the insights. How is everyone interacting with you on different platforms? Try not to overwhelm yourself with it, but kind of then go, all right, if I distill this down, this is what my audio listener wants. This is what my people on LinkedIn want. This is what my people on socials want. And you start to really get a very nice shape of like how your show goes and who it's for and how you feel about it. There's also tools that you can use to maximize your keywords and looking at what people are looking for and trending on and and those aspects as well. There's all those sorts of tools. But when you're first starting out, look at your own insights, look at your audience and what they're giving you back as feedback across your own channels before you start going through those other metrics as well. Yeah, that's interesting because that's probably contrary to what we would do, say, in a digital space, like a social media space. We look at insights and analytics quite quickly, but then I guess it aligns somewhat with perhaps your website metrics because if you've got a blog or a website, it can take some time for content to populate and gets a real true picture of of what's working well. So I guess you've got those immediate feedback mechanisms. As you say, you can 
get insights from LinkedIn or social and, and different platforms, but then it's looking at the trends over time as well and content needs to become seeded because podcast is that longer form content that people will go back and, and revisit over time and the audience will continue to grow, whereas social is very in the moment and see you later type thing. That's exactly right, Karen. Let's hit that point on the head, like make that really clear for people that it's such a different area to socials. Podcasting is so different because it's growth over time. And socials, when you put out a post, it's like you got 24 hours, you got 12 hours, depending on the platform, you got even less than that to see what kind of engagement happens and then it's kind of gone. You've got to put the next thing out. Podcasting is great because it's evergreen. And so as you grow, the podcast grows and they go back and they listen to old episodes. And as long as you're providing content that's not like trending content all the time, you will be able to release stuff that can sit on the shelf. It's like having a shelf of products that just sits there and does a really good thing for you without you having to worry about it too much. And so when you're measuring those metrics, it's not in the moment, I just released an episode, how many downloads have I got? It's what's my growth over six months, nine months, a year? And if we take one example, Alex Hermosi talked about it a couple of months ago, how he had a podcast that I think it was like four or six years or like a really long time where he didn't get a lot of traction on it. And then over that time, the growth, the growth, the growth was slowly, slowly building, started to piggyback off other platforms. Now his podcast is huge and the old episodes are growing as well, you know? So there's that growth over time, the continuation and the consistency and the valuing that craft that has established a really good growth. Yeah, I'm more and more seeing the nexus between, say, podcasting and web content, uh, like blog content, and I think it highlights also the importance of creating and controlling your own content as well. Uh, Social, you're really at the behest of the algorithms and your trending content one day, you might have your 15 minutes of fame and that's it. And a lot of people consistently put huge effort into creating content for social but to no end you know they might have a short period of uh, success there but sustaining that content is really difficult unless uh, you have the other platforms to build out on because there is social does play still an important role in podcasting too doesn't it yes I did read a stat on your channel recently about the role that social plays in engaging consumers to podcasts. And it's fairly high in terms of directing traffic over to podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. TikTok especially. The metrics we saw, Gen Z were talking about specifically how they rely on social media to tell them about new podcast episodes that are coming out. I think it was it was some crazy big number. I can't remember it off, off the top of my head. Yeah, it was like 70 something, perhaps. It was a pretty big number. Yeah. And so that's the importance of those social media assets that go with them. And so when you're able to do video as well, which I know Karen will get to as well, but when you're able to support with video snippets that you've put time and energy into that then feel like really support and they're a standalone bit of content, that 
is going to help fuel it as well. I think the socials, especially as an influencer, you have such a leg up because you've already got influence. (laughs) And so if you already are kind of big or you have a good niche on your socials and then you launch a podcast, that's a home run. And I've seen it time and time again where someone with a really great following on their socials launches a show and they've got that bigger step up than someone that's just starting out. So if you can then support that, and it also helps you create more social media content. If you're an influencer and you're always posting things on social, this gives you a little bit of extra repurposable stuff. As long as you videoed it or you've got good audiograms or some great graphics or something to support it, maybe some quote cards or whatever, it helps you pull some other content If you have a podcast that then you can get onto your socials, takes a bit of the pressure off from there as well. So a podcast and influencers work hand in hand, like they are a beautiful love connection. (laughs) And we love working with influencers for that purpose because you know that you're going to get some really high quality traffic uh, if you've already got an established audience elsewhere. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference around building out that content and certainly, as you say, influencers and content creators really have the leg up here and we've touched on all of those high points for people that are wanting to get into the podcasting space, how they can really continue to engage their audience, working through that comprehensive planning phase, the runway stage, getting a good production team behind them planning out using a production schedule will certainly share those assets that you've got there as a guide, being committed to recording uh, your podcasts regularly and having them scheduled regularly and then making sure that you have quality content that is well produced and delivered consistently. And I think that's I think that's fair to say that generally content that is consistent well-produced and of a good quality is going to perform regardless of what the algorithms might be. Yeah, 100%. It's just consistency, consistency, Mm -hmm. consistency and quality. Before we wrap up, Brianna, I want to get excited about some emerging trends that might be coming out in the podcasting space. Is there anything that you can share with us that we can be really excited about? There's a space that hasn't jumped into podcasting until now, which is YouTube. And YouTube, there's a massive buzz around now there being a podcasting tab on YouTube. So again, if you're an influencer that has a YouTube channel, there's an area where you can now have a podcast on that channel and you can have analytics that draw all the beautiful YouTube analytics into your podcast as well. So you can really see what your audience is on a much higher level than you can even on the back end of podcast platforms like uh, Omni Studio, Captivate, Buzzsprout and all that sort of thing. So to me, YouTube's very exciting because it's easier, well, maybe not easier, but you can monetize in different ways on YouTube, which I really like. And the thing to get excited about there is that you don't need to have video for you to be on YouTube. YouTube is going to be launching this thing in the next, well, they say about six months, uh, where it will pull your RSS feed. So the RSS feed is the feed that your podcast is sort of connected to. You can put your RSS feed into YouTube and it will pull all your episodes into YouTube and just use your episode graphic for the episode. 
So it's a way for you to be there on YouTube without actually having video. I don't say you should always do that, but it's a way to get there and stay there and reach an audience that you're not currently reaching without you having to do a bunch of extra work. And then when you're ready to move to video, your podcast is already there on YouTube. So that's a trend that's very exciting for me. And when it is launched, I will be spreading that news everywhere. So make sure you follow, you know, all our links and things. Uh, But that's a trend that I find particularly exciting. That is hugely exciting because what I've noticed each week when I do a roundup and analysis of all enhancements and trends and new things that the platforms are delivering that YouTube has been doing a lot of work in this development space and they're releasing new features that are making it very, very competitive and they're drawing over an audience from these other channels. So that blows my mind. I'm incredibly excited about that and hopefully that is sooner rather than later because it's um, very, very exciting. And YouTube, let me just say about that too, Karen, is YouTube is the second largest platform for podcast listening. Just let that soak in for a second. I know. I remember watching, uh, I love watching your insights and deep dives around podcasting. And in fact, it was one of the things that really wanted me to get into podcasting because you deliver the practical elements of what it is to set up a podcast, but you also give the, Mm. the why and the, I guess, the commercial reasons for it. And I do I do remember recently watching a big piece that you did on what a resource YouTube mm. is and it, it absolutely blew my mind. So to think that YouTube is bringing in that podcast element as well excites me tremendously. So I think that more users should be utilising it because the monetization opportunities in YouTube are far more favourable as well. There's a lot of creators that have had challenges through TikTok and Facebook uh, with the monetization of content, but YouTube monetization is quite good. And so that just opens up a whole new avenue for content creators. So I guess the message there is if you're not already on it, start planning to get on it, to get ready for launch. And I, I guess people that were there when TikTok came into play, you know, they were able to build an audience quickly. So if you start that runway now, you can be there for the launch and ready to go and ride that wave of that new feature that's come in. All right, before I let you go and go back to your uh, very busy role as a producer of many top rating podcast shows, what's the one piece of advice you are going to leave us with to give content creators and influencers, uh, I guess, insight if they want to venture into podcasting? Have more fun. That is my absolute number one feeling in life. But especially for anything that's content, creative, if you're not having fun with it, then why the hell are you doing it? And that's why you're so good at what you do. You've got all the skills, you've got all the production expertise, all of the business expertise, but you deliver that expertise 
through the lens that you've got to be having fun while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And not every day is going to be fun. You know, I know that content creation is a bit of a drudge sometime and especially if you're working with brands and you've got to deliver certain things and it's got to be delivered in a certain way in a package and all that sort of thing. But you have to be able to pull out elements of the enjoyment to really get the best value out of it. And podcasting is the same thing. Your show needs to feel fun to you because if it feels fun to you, it's going to feel fun and exciting for the person listening to it and engaging with it. And that is really important. Get out of your desk, get out of your space, get out of your normal life, go and have adventures, have more fun, take more breaks. You will be more creative and you'll be able to deliver more creative, inspirational work. I couldn't think of a better note to finish today's episode on Brianna. Thank you for taking the time to share your expertise with us today. Thank you for making me feel comfortable doing uh, recording one of my first guest interviews. We'll be sharing all of the links from today's episode in the podcast resources. So make sure you take advantage of leveraging Brianna's expertise if you are looking to venture into the podcasting space or if you're an existing podcaster that wants to look at ways to extend the reach or the commercial viability of your podcast. There's some additional resources, again, that I'll be sharing. Bambi Media do masterclasses in commercializing your podcast, how to create revenue. So we'll wrap those all up nice and tidily in our show notes for you. Thank you, Brianna, for your time. Thank you, Karen. I've really enjoyed it. We love working with you here at Bambi Media as well. And everyone just show Karen some love for her new show, let her know. Put it in the DMs, go to Instagram, LinkedIn, like interact with a new show because that is also one of the challenges is you feel like you're not getting feedback. And so if you can show some love and just take a moment of your day to tell one person about the show, then that's really going to help it grow as well. Thank you, Brianna. You're wonderful. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.